Welcome to the Talented Learning Show podcast series, episode 44, with independent learning tech analyst John Lay. Today I interview Tamara Lee, co-founder of Authentic Learning Labs, about challenges and trends in the high-end, high-profile professional education market. You can find more of our content at talentedlearning.com. Well, like always, I'm excited by today's interview. On this show, I'm fortunate to interview the world's leading experts in extended enterprise learning solutions from both the vendor and the practitioner perspectives. Today is no different. From the vendor expert perspective, we have returning guest Tamara Lee, co-founder of Authentic Learning Labs. Tamara has been on the learning tech bleeding edge for over 20 years, providing solutions to the world's most renowned brands who are seeking to provide their customers with world-class learning experiences. At the high end of the market, professional training organizations outgrow commercial LMS and authoring solutions and need to take it to the next level, and we're going to learn all about it. All right. Welcome back, Tamer. Thanks, John. It's, a, it's an honor to be back. <laughs> you're, as you know, you're our most frequent guest on the podcast. I think this is our, our fourth time over the years. And uh, one of the reasons that we love uh, having you come back is that you're always on the cutting edge of what's happening next uh, in the learning industry. By the nature of the type of clients and, and where you operate, you're, you're on the cutting edge. So you see what's on the cutting edge. And it's always great to uh, to to get that back uh, to our organization. So uh, welcome back again. Uh, I appreciate so that. It's uh, excellent to have you. So a lot's happened, uh, of course, in the, the last 18, uh, 24 months. Uh, no some doubt. small changes in the world. Some small changes. Well, you and I have been out uh, evangelizing for the last 20, 25 years uh, about learning overnight. Uh, you know, it happened and, and, you know, just about every organization, whether they're training employees or customers or partners uh, or professional education or association members, you know, immediately had to go from some mix of you know, live and, and online to almost all online. And, uh, you know, flash forward to today, you know, since most programs are online or certainly in a hybrid way, the bar's been raised because uh, like in all things in life, uh, there's going to be a low end, you know, there's going to be the functional middle of type solutions, that, you know, organizations grow to, and there's going to be the folks, you know, that are off the charts that are, you know, trying to do things that nobody else is doing and that, that high end. And, and that's what we're hoping to talk to you to, today, uh, Tamer, about is let's talk about the high end and what that means. And uh, the reason that's going to be important, listeners, is because the high end now is t is tomorrow's functional. So uh, this is this is what's coming and uh, what organizations are trying to, to push the edge. So maybe a great place to start, Tamer, is uh, why don't you define what the high end of the market means? What's what's a high profile client? What, what would be somebody that would consider themselves 9, 10 on the, the 1 to 10 scale of complexity and, and sophistication? It's a great point, John. I, I think uh, we we avoid uh, broad generalizations, but in general, uh, we <laughs> no, we generalize all the time. Here. Even though I, I am generalizing, uh, is that these organizations have determined that learning is a critical component of their business, whether it is their business. In the case of a publisher, they're creating courses, education material, and they've done it for the last twenty, thirty years, or even ten years. They have some level of expertise in it, and they're uh, they're looking for even more either scale, experience, uh, data from their uh, their the work in education. They, they we're not selling the concept of e-learning to these types of groups. Uh, this is one. Uh, another would be you know a, a business 
uh, that uh, has all it, and it could be a nonprofit business or a business, a for-profit business uh, that derives a critical piece of their, uh, their revenue or uh, mission from delivering education um, to a concentrated audience. Uh, that audience could be due to a professional field or it could be because of a consumer product or a, a series of products. In, in any of these cases, uh, learning, learning is not uh, what we would consider uh, an HR benefit. Uh, those are groups that are well handled by other organizations and vendors. Uh, we've, we've tried to go to organizations that typically in these three categories have a global focus. Uh, they have, um, they have a, a key learning ecosystem. They're not looking for like a one solution to fit everything they do. Uh, they've typically gone through maybe even two, three generations of learning platforms and technology. So they're well-versed in how they want things to work. And typically, um, you know, th there's some things that have happened where they've reached a limit and, you know, they, they've, they've tried some things. They, they've admirably gotten things to work the way they wanted to run and sustain the business. But they typically come to us, these organizations come to us because the reason that they're there is because this is so important to them. So therefore, they're looking for another step up. Mm -hmm. And when you say you know they, they start hitting the wall or, or or coming to that those pain points, are you talking about from a content perspective, a platform perspective, uh, integration perspective, or all three? Yeah, it's a great point. I think it's it's all three, and it's it's not their content is not usually the problem. It's a, a manner of their delivery of their experience. Um, they're usually uh, the voices of their industry or one of the prominent brands. So they're usually brand brand strong mm -hmm. and content expertise strong. Where they lack is typically there's some user experience or you know what they should call short uh, UX uh, issue, navigation issue, uh, portability issue, communication of data issue, uh, and an overall integration issue that usually has to deal with the content. Uh, there are platform issues that they've reached, potentially a platform issue that the platform is not giving, again, the user experience. It's delivering the content and it's doing okay, but it's either the user experience, navigation, and then the third part of it is the data. So we typically fall in those categories of the user experience, the integration, uh, scale and platform are probably the same in terms of it, it's uh, hitting a, a scale issue with that platform. The platform does work; it's sustaining, but can can they? Uh, is it viable for the future? And and that's that's where it is. Uh, it's not um, that uh, uh, the problem is one specific authoring tool or anything like that. Um, it's 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 much much more complex than that usually. Mm -hmm. Do you think that the the high end exists in? Uh, for employees, uh, or is it mainly for uh, facing out of your organization when it is about your business or extended enterprise? Thoughts on that? Yes, there there are. I think there are just fewer companies that are enlightened enough to make those investments internally and towards the internal goals. Even if, uh, in, in the experience that I've seen, some of the companies that are some of the richest companies in the world, uh, I, I haven't seen the similar levels of interest to improve. Given that most people that are doing corporate level training, it's somewhat of a requirement to go through, you know, your annual information security training or your harassment training. Now, the, the other things that are going on like diversity and inclusion, those are typically what I've seen. And, you know, obviously just one perspective, but what I see is that usually the, the providers 
there are providers that are doing that. So the the, the company will go hire a, a third party to plug in to their corporate LMS. And, and, and not a lot of people are happy, but there's not really a choice and they just go through it like, you know, I, I attribute that and align it to something similar to a dental visit. You know, it's nothing to say about the value of a dental visit. It's just people don't get excited about it and not many people um, enjoy the user experience. Right, right. It's hard to, to sell that root canal a second time. That's right. <laughs> yeah, even a, a routine cleaning doesn't get anybody excited. Um, right. So th that that level of kind of the redundant experience of getting into that line to take content that's somewhat required as a work obligation versus something that advances you in some level of skills, you know, irrespective of field, there's a different level of experience. And, you know, even now the uh, the corporate is improving that with, you know, alignments with providers like LinkedIn, but still it, the, 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 the routine stuff is where we see that that doesn't uh, incentivize companies to to blow it out of the water. Mm -hmm. So how about from, you know, these higher profile clients, they obviously can't use an employee LMS or even a talent learning management or a talent management system because it's just not designed, you know, to face out and face out uh, as a business. So what do they end up doing? Is there solutions out there that that are off the shelf or does the high end go custom all the time? Do they build it? Like, uh, what's your thoughts? It's a great that? point. I I think there is a combination. It's it's definitely not just completely off the shelf for these guys. There's mm -hmm. typically a foundational element, the platforms that they need to stabilize the business, and those might be third-party LMS platforms and authoring tools. But I think in 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 the gross majority of cases, there's a layer of we're going to introduce our own portal experience, web presence, mobile apps on top of this. So they're making significant investments as if you know, they would make an e-commerce or anything else, they're also making in learning. So, you know, for example, maybe they have an open source or commercial LMS. And then on top of that, they have web pages that they've de developed themselves to design the experience they want, the navigation elements they want on top of that platform. And then they'll also complement it with learning engines that are not just provided by their standard out of the box LMS. And they're either custom or they're more immersive or they're a third party vendor that's an expert in whether it's VR or something else. So it's it is it is more of a developed experience and it requires, you know, as you can assume, the resources both internally and externally externally to to deliver it. Mm -hmm. It's much more complex. And so what about from a trend standpoint? So if you build an ecosystem like that and you have you know, open source pieces and all you know these different applications that you're using and tie them all together. They have the resources to do that internally. Does their LMS vendor help them do that? What's Who helps them do that? Well, I think that, again, we probably try to avoid saying that we, we know how to prognosticate, but what we see is, I mean, some of the things that we see are commonalities and trends in the, the work we do is that large or small, the organizations don't have internal resources do it. They're too busy. They, they may have the resources. Mm -hmm. To clarify, it's that they don't have the free resources to do it. Uh, so organizations are doing their own thing. And as we know, IT teams are already overbooked with work. So doing more with less. And then on top of it, you have these strategic angles that people want to do, especially with the post-COVID world we're in, or if we're still in COVID, it's, it's this COVID world that is so complex and needs to be more agile. 
then it, it necessitates expertise outside. There are a few groups that can do it. And you know those are probably of various skill sets, but there are groups. And then um, and, and those companies need to supplement that that way. Um, mm -hmm. And I assume some of it is you know freelancers and consultants. Um, but then there's you know there's probably a need for you know even a higher more agency like focus as well. We fit that probably bucket is that we bring in our our talent as an experienced group of people who you know enjoy the craft. So we're not trying to just sell software, but really try to understand the ecosystem that these groups come from, and understand what their challenges. And if that as practitioners we say okay, we have the tools that may help certain aspects, and it will make these tools marry seamlessly with what you're doing. Mm -hmm. All right, let's take a step back. Um, so uh, two, three years ago, you founded Authentic Learning Labs. That's uh, at least what your second or third uh, entrepreneurial, uh, successful entrepreneurial uh, effort over the years in this space. And uh, so why don't you uh, just take a step back? Tell us about Authentic Labs, uh, why you founded it, and what you do, and and how what your what role you play in this high end space, please. Uh, thank you, John. Uh, yeah, we, we only talk about the successful ventures we know about. <laughs> we don't talk about the failure ventures. <laughs> but, another four um, or five I don't even know about. <laughs> yeah, so Authentic Learning Labs was, it, I think it is a manifestation of our experience and probably our age. Uh, well, definitely our age is that we've known what we've seen and this is a space we enjoy. So we're not we're not in a hurry to go start a you know, or, organic pet food shop or anything like that. There are businesses and there's, you know, plenty of ways to make money. But the group, uh, the, the the men and women that work with us, uh, this is a field that we enjoy. And we see that, you know, obviously the advancement of technology continues to move at paces that, you know, it's hard to keep up. But as being, as people who participate in the space and enjoy it, we see the gaps and Authentic is really trying to address those gaps we mentioned in the beginning is, you know, the experience of uh, delivery, uh, the, the ability to uh, track the experience and learning and solve some of the gaps we see in, in the performance of content on a scale for these groups to take it seriously. We're trying to help those spots and Authentic both serves as a software provider um, that has learning engines to, to address those gaps and provides the consulting and uh, uh, supplemental team resources to help clients in various aspects of that life cycle, whether it's migrating content because they are in a, a mass uh, modernization program for their library. Uh, a lot of publishers and providers are in that situation. So they not only need to solve it technically, but they have issues of personal scale personnel mm. then there's also the need for you know whether it's portability because they want to syndicate their content there are only a few providers that do it and it's somewhat cost prohibitive and the experience may be um, poor and other providers we have the capability of helping them launch from one portal but also launch it from any other of their clients so if it's a client that's selling or it's in a corporation that's selling their content, we have solutions to help them um, uh, syndicate courses across different providers, but not relinquish the data. And, and going back to data, we have the, you know, the rich analytics that everybody wants to have, and they talk about it, you know, in this era of having tools like um, Microsoft Power BI or Tableau, those, those solutions are cost prohibitive uh, or resource prohibitive for most groups, even the largest enterprise groups that we're working with have these tools, but they're not using them or mm -hmm. they don't have someone to help them run it. 
So we, we've, we've tried to create these engines that solve the problems, but are not, we're not typically coming in with a platform sale. We we're trying to help solve the, the glue in between, oh, this is, okay, and, and most of these groups are not in, in a place where they want to transform everything. They're trying to solve yeah. uh, issues of scale, delivery, uh, tracking, and that's where we've plugged in with providing solutions to those to those specific areas. Mm-hmm. That's really interesting. So you go out, so there's at the high end and probably in the, in the medium end to organizations, ecosystem is somewhat in place. And so, you know, to pull out any piece of that or any significant piece, you know, is a big effort. And so if I'm hearing you right, the trend is now is don't rip and replace necessarily, but understand what you have and what the gaps are and try to fill them with basically high-end services that augment that existing solution versus and make it successful. Is, is that yeah. That, that's summary. that's a much more articulate way of saying it than what I did. did that, <laughs> I'm a writer. But, <laughs> you said it well. Um, so I would agree with that. In, in general, most of these organizations are taking a somewhat more measured and conservative approach, especially nowadays with the uh, the instability of COVID. You know, mm-hmm. I, I don't think we interact with groups that are saying, look, we, we're starting from scratch. We're blowing everything up. Um, they're obviously trying to modernize faster than before. And there was a moment last year where things were going to a point where they were saying, well, we don't know if we're ever going to return to a traditional classroom model. Now it's coming back where they're saying, well, we, we need to optimize for everything. And um, what we do here is uh, how, do, how do we take what we have and do better versus what are we doing to blow this up and start over? Um, so where that imp- what's important is everything we do we build from API first. So we try to solve to say, okay, whatever you have, there's an API for it. We can help launch, we can track uh, from an API perspective or migrate bulk content from an API perspective. And by the way, we also have human personnel, not just AI and technology to to do the things that uh, computers can't do uh, or take content and port it over into different tools. Uh, those are, you know, from from perspective of we have, we have to solve those problems just as much. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so the the key areas of focus that we have are solving those challenges that we hear currently, um, and we know that we'll have to evolve. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, that's interesting. I think uh, you know, I run into a lot of e-learning service companies. Uh, there's a ton of them out there, but it, um, I think just by default, you know, most of them, you know, operate on uh, really all across the scale, if they can find the high end, that's great. But, you know, a lot of them will help you get going, help you do your original uh, conversion to content. Um, you know, and then when you start to get more serious, uh, you know, you graduate into your own system and, and your own resources. And, you know, those e-learning companies just become a piece of the puzzle. But it's it's interesting as you grow out the other side of that, then, then you need all those other pieces. So you either got to hire them or uh, figure out that, you know, who can do that from a, an organization? I'm sure the, you know, the, you know, the big consulting companies out there, uh, you know, try to do this type of stuff also, uh, but pretty, pretty expensive. You mentioned um, uh, that uh, in addition to all the services and the resources uh, that, that you bring to bear, you also have augmented tools 
that you snap on uh, agnostically uh, to these other learning environments? What's that mean? That's right. Yeah. So we have three three um, distinct platforms that they they can also work together. So we have clients that are using all three or uh, any combination of them. Uh, I guess you would call them permutations. Uh, so we we started with Songbird, and uh, Songbird is a full analytic suite for learning. Uh, we feel that it's the most unique and uh, it stands alone in the industry. We, we know there are other providers that are tracking data, but what Songbird is, is it's a full suite dedicated to learning where it, they, it comes with dedicated pre-built report views. And what we're saying is reports is visualized uh, visualizations, not uh, just data dumps. Uh, we feel like we're in an era now where uh, we need to provide insight, not just, hey, here's a table a dump of performance over a thousand learners. If if we if we want to differentiate, we have to help them solve problems. And Songbird is attempting to have uh, expert learner uh, learning and development people define views that would provide value to these organizations specifically uh, in groups that are doing mission-critical delivery learning, publishers who care about, you know, let's say, for example, assessment quality, question quality, um, the feedback in surveys, uh, the, the, the performance over time of particular course categories. These are things that we know most groups need. So they're pre-built, but then it has the ability to create custom uh, views as well. So for every client that's using it, and then they come back to us and say, you know, can you create a specialized version of this dashboard for this? And that Ooh. that's step step two usually. And step three or comes right after two is um, they, they want to segregate usage for a specific view to a specific audience. So, you know, usually they're selling content and they want to give their uh, customers a reporting view that they could never do cost effectively. Ooh. Given that most of these tools, you have to pay for the eyeballs that hit it. Mm -hmm. So uh, ours are typically tiered, licensed tiers, so they can give it to anyone who single signs on um, with the same cost at a tier that they would, you know, normally not even get into a, a BI tool. Mm -hmm. So, you know, a thousand people taking a reporting view would be very expensive using a typical reporting tool. We have ways to keep that cost contained. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, that's interesting, um, uh, for sure. So the technology exists out there with BI tools, but not the resources or the expertise to, to create the reports around training and not just reports dashboard also. Um, but there's also video too. You know, that's I think right. Everybody now in, in 2021 is using video of all sorts and you know it's easy enough to do. You can do it on your iPhone and have it published in a second. Uh, what's the high end doing with video? That's 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 right, John. And your to your last point, um, any anybody has a video creation tool like you know a smartphone, and those those are outputting high quality video. Shuttle is the the second product, one with Songbird. This is Shuttle. Shuttle Shuttle is designed to make anyone who's not normally an author and who's running whether Captivate or Articulate, it's it's someone who's typically the subject matter expert. It could be the person who's running those tools, but someone who can create a course in 10 minutes or less. So the shuttle premise was people are creating video. We're not competing with great tools like Articulate and Captivate, but we sure as heck know that people are going to create video, and we want that to be uh, in a way that it becomes a course, not a, just a static video. 
you know, we, we participate in videos from the industry where we see things from like Adobe or others, and we feel like it's somewhat, um, it, 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 it's, it's surprising to us to see that, you know, even the most advanced companies are just playing a video and watching it, and that's considered learning. We want to enhance that experience. So Shuttle will offer interactivity within the video. The video becomes an application. You can put interactivity, pauses, uh, interactions of testing the participant's uh, attention, meaning uh, are you there type functionality, note-taking. Uh, there's AI elements to track um, the close captioning and the transcript, and uh, ability to handle um, multiple languages, so you can have language tracks. So Shuttle is taking video that we know people are creating left and right. We're, in fact, recreating one right now while we're recording this podcast. There's a ton of that happening, but that we feel like that just stays in inventories everywhere and it becomes uh, unusable without some type of level of interaction and learning quality. We have that with Shuttle. And that, that's a 10 minute exercise to create a Shuttle, what we call a Shuttle video. And those, those also track the detailed data these groups are looking for in terms of participation in the video and XAPI data. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So that's cool. Shuttle. Neat. Anything else? And the third piece is, uh, so all of these happen to have S's in their names, and we just, I think we're, we were not purposely trying to use poetic alliteration or anything. It was just they all kind of sounded good. So Songbird is, you know, um, the analytics suite. Shuttle is the video. And Simpatico is really our framework to help deliver content. It could be any content. It's both a layout engine, so we have our default layouts. Someone can plop in content, if you can imagine. Um, at the simplest level, like a PowerPoint template where you bring in the expertise, you plop it in and it makes it look great that you're, you're ready for your presentation. Sympatico is that equivalent in a learning experience platform where we have different modes like a gallery, case study, uh, a library of video or content like SCORMs. Those are pre-created and they come with their own tracking and capabilities and navigation. And what that allows us to do is not only launch from any LMS or as a standalone, so any LMS can plug this in with no problem. The experience is much richer, more modern. Uh, so it comes with all the modern aesthetics, but it also allows you to uh, syndicate this content to any other LMS. So you're not only hosting the content, but you're allowing your customers to consume it while not really pushing the controls uh, and doing it in a much more cost-effective way and scale and aesthetics that we see from in, in comparison to other providers in the industry. Uh, we do know that there are other choices out there. We just believe that we tacked it a different way, both from scale, uh, aesthetics, uh, portability, um, and then also more in accessibility. Mm -hmm. So Sympatico is really, if you can think about it as a delivery wrapper. John, you, you create all this great intellectual property. I know it, you know, we're customers of you too in the talent library, talented learning library. Those are the types of people with the content but they also want to syndicate that to other providers or just make that experience better and wrap it around. That's what Sympathico does. Mm -hmm. All three are award-winning platforms, um, independently recognized, and really that's really where we will lean our strength. We, as, a, as an agency model, we're not pumping software sales all around the world, but we, we like to rec have client success and then publish that client success to the the, the independent analysts to run these um, programs. And we've, we've been able to be recognized and respected in that. So we appreciate that. Wow, that's great. That's great. Well, what an interesting uh, uh, niche uh, that, you, that you found. And certainly working in the high end is, uh, is more fun than working in the low end uh, since you're, you're at the, the, the cutting edge. 
on everything. Yeah, so, it's right. It, we want to work with people who are excited about this stuff, not, you know, trying to just look for a keyboard click. We know that stuff exists and that's great. I mean, it's probably a, a very lucrative way of making money and or doing work, but it's just not, it's just not for us. Right. Who, who doesn't want to drive a Porsche? So, <laughs> so listeners, you know, if you're in the camp uh, that a lot of our listeners are in where you're probably stuck on your learning ecosystem, especially in an uncertain times, it doesn't mean that you're stuck. Uh, there's, uh, a, you know, a lot of ways uh, that you can, you know, start thinking about augmenting um, current solutions to make them better, whether that's, you know, being able to analyze the data better, or whether that is to take uh, boring content and make it better, or not relinquish your content and send your SCORM files to your largest customers or your big customers and lose control of tracking, reporting, and, and licensing on that. Uh, or whether it's just the integration into that existing ecosystem and to, to make that all work and share data and do it better. Those are all areas and not the only ones, I'm sure, but those are all areas that you can improve even if you don't have budget or appetite or will uh, to rip and replace any components out there. So I think the, the lesson uh, my takeaway is, you know, with or without your firm, Tana, Tamer, I think just the idea that you know we're not stuck, even if if budget's a little bit tight uh, during these times and uncertainty. There's still a lot of steps that you can do to raise your bar. And since everybody's got their uh, learning online now, um, you know now it matters uh, who's has the best uh, for sure. Uh, so I think a lot of those things will start uh, uh, floating down into the the mid market. But as I end uh, every podcast, Tamer, what would be your advice? What what, what would be your advice for somebody that uh, to take the next step of uh, you know, uh, raising their bar uh, in, in terms of these these high high profiles? Any any bits or nuggets of wisdom you care to to share to your typical profile two you know, two years before you normally find them? It's it's another uh, deep question, John. Um, one I would say I would say maybe not the best advice, but two pieces of advice that. I would suggest one, and then these are probably no-brainers for the groups that really know what they're doing. Uh, you know, one is you know draw up that experience in a visual way. You know, how how would that look? Don't don't just talk about it. Think, thankfully, it, it's a lot less. But just don't say that we want to be the Amazon of learning, or you know, those those are a bit um, uh, overplayed. Uh, but the, the draw up a experience and. And then in addition, draw up what the MVP would be. Even though you're transforming, you, you need to take a step. Uh, avoid anything that would take longer than four months um, would probably be the third point, which is all, they're all interrelated, but, you know, draw up that experience, work with someone, even if you don't, you know, work with them for the full time, but find someone who can help deliver that, um, that concept. So concept that experience define what it would be to be successful in that first round. And then third is don't build out anything for that first round that's gonna take more than four to five months because all the strategic stuff has a half-life and what you think is cool and hip now or will work, um, given the fluidity of our world right now, I would say that you have to make sure it's the target is very near. Wow, um, wow, sage advice. Tamer Lee, founder, uh, Aesthetic Learning Labs. Tamer, thanks for thanks, joining John. me again. Thanks, John. I need to get a bookshelf behind me too. You look much more uh, distinguished and prepared for these types of things, but thank oh, it's, you. It's, yeah. 
Post-red. <laughs> just wallpaper. Uh, no, that looks great. <laughs> All right. Well, hey, thanks to the listeners uh, for tuning into another episode of the Talented Learning Show podcast series. Uh, really interesting conversation uh, today about the high end of learning. So, Tamer, thanks again. Everyone, thanks, have you. a great day. Have a great day, everyone.